Bienvenidos a La Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Byron. Sí, presidente es el mejor cerveza. Y 818 es el mejor tequila. And say hello to the Ocho. Look at this bottle. One of the most beautiful bottles of tequila you will ever see. On that note, no abate por no filter network. Miguelito San Diego, a.k.a. Bobby Ball. And Savannah, he's known as Bobby Barrels. Not with us this morning. But dead or alive, job or no job, we properly salute our boy. Yes, 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 yes. Woo! Remember this, folks? When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are, that's right, class, fucking useless. A very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on the 29th day of September, 2023. I was looking this morning and trying to figure out when they're going to push the clocks back for daylight saving. And it's interesting because I'm a proponent of doing away with daylight savings. But at the same time, I have noticed that I get up when the sun comes up. So now that the sun is not rising until 6.30, I'm not up until 6.30. And I was thinking, well, shoot, right? You're going to go fall back. And so the sun's going to start rising earlier here. So I should be able to get up earlier. Now the 6.30 becomes 5.30. And for whatever reason... Uh, typically during the winter, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know why, but I can get on a more of a consistent routine where I go to bed earlier, you know, here, you know, especially when it's not getting dark till seven 30, eight o'clock at night. I just, you know, I'm eating dinner at eight, whatever. Anyway, long story longer here. I looked it up. You know, when daylight savings actually is November 5th. I thought that was crazy. I always feel like it's in October at some time, but it is not. Uh, November 5th, we will wait for that fall back. And then again, I'm still one of those who voted to do away with it. The idea was for the farmers and the school children. I'd rather have the light at the end of the day. Because if I'm going to be getting up in the dark, I'm just getting up in the dark anyway. Who gives a shit? But I want the extra hour of pickleball. That's right, pickleball. Uh, at the end, I, I mean, the fact that it starts getting dark at 4.30 in the afternoon is just fucking stupid. All right, so today, we got a lot going on. Whether it's the Major League Baseball races, we have the college football slate all set. A big game tonight, even, between Utah and Oregon State. Oregon State, four and a half point favorites in that one. And then we have the NFL action happening this weekend uh, of course it's the no filter network bowl the miami dolphins taking on the buffalo bills giuseppe pepe manuele huge huge dolphins fan those familiar with the program need not look any further than 
the Buffalo Bill logo that I have right there. So it should be a battle of the heavyweights. Let's start with the quote of the day, though. The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Marcus Aurelius. Daily Hustle Translation. Think positive. Think bold. Think big. Our thoughts are forever creating our reality. The what the fuck fact of the day. Harry Styles has four nipples. Mm-hmm. They stem from a common condition called polythelia. Where does the four nip- nipple go, though? I mean, is it nipple, 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 nipple? I mean, I can even see my nipples. It's chilly up here this morning. Yeah. 58 indoor temp. Solid. So I got to imagine they're stacked or or they across. We'll get confirmation on that later. The riddle of the day. What eight-letter word can have a letter taken away and it still makes a word? Take another letter away and it still makes a word. Keep on doing that until you have one letter left. What is the word? The answer, starting, then goes to staring, then to string, then to sting, then to sing, then to sin, then to in, then to I. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, We are a life optimization first and foremost, a life optimization podcast, that is, first and foremost. So each and every single morning, we go over certain things that we feel like could benefit all of us in our lives. And a couple of days ago, we talked about phrases that we should avoid, you know, pretty common phrases that we all use that we really should think about shelving. Yesterday, we talked about phrases that we want to use and they're encouragers in our life. Uh, this morning, from a life optimization perspective, we need to go no further than the picks that No Filter Network has been handing out. Giuseppe Pepe Manuele and Pepe's parlays hit three of four parlays last weekend. And then from Las Vegas, on the balcony of his cosmopolitan suite with the fountains in the background, took a selfie video ensuring our entire No Filter Network community that the Detroit Lions were going to not only win, but cover the one-and-a-half-point spread. I said lay the extra action. But, sure as shit, the Lions rolled. And it has been a life-optimizing gambling opportunity here for you at No Filter. I mean, holy shit, Joe. I, I Look, stay humble or be humbled. I get it. But I am starting to notice when you do this shit for a living, as we do, and we're constantly grinding over spreads and lines and totals and all this stuff, and we come on here and we talk about it every fucking day, look, you get pretty good at it. So that was a great win by the Lions last night, and hopefully some of our betters were able to take advantage of the advice that Pepe was throwing out there. 
as far as the game was concerned, just a, a few, you know, little fun I see facts about it, whatever. The Detroit Lions used a dominant first half. I mean, just absolutely slaughtered. So 34-20 was the final. The Packers finished the first half with just 21 total yards, and they were booed off the field by their home crowd while the Lions racked up 284 yards and around to an early 27-3 lead. Green Bay coach Matt LaFleur called his team's first half showing, quote, humbling and embarrassing during a halftime interview. After throwing an interception on Detroit's opening drive, quarterback Jared Goff ended the game passing uh, with 210 yards and a touchdown. He was 19 for 28. The Lions running back, David Montgomery, I've had him before. I mean, he was with the Bears before this, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was listed as questionable heading into the game. He put up 121 yards and three touchdowns on 32 carries. That's a heavy workload. You usually just don't see that anymore at the NFL level. You see split carries between backs. Uh, he also had 20 receiving yards. Packers quarterback Jordan Love went 23 for 36, 246 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. But... As LaFleur said, uh, this is the same thing we told Tom Brady after we got him for the sixth time and he was lying on the ground at Brother Fisher Field in Mountain View, California. St. Francis was up 62-6. to We said, Tom, it's impossible to throw a football femur back, dude. And that was right. So he was, uh, love that is, was pressured all day and just a dominant Victory, sort of a changing of the guard, if you will, uh, in that division. Now, we'll see how it plays out. There's a lot of season to go, but Dan Campbell's got his boys playing really well. The defense was fucking insane. And then mm, Jared Goff got on the post-game Amazon Prime interview and was on there with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Former NFL quarterback, Harvard guy, smart guy, really good at his job, great broadcaster, doesn't mince words, very uh, open. And before the game, he actually referred to Jared Goff as a poor man's Matt Ryan. And so Goff then came on at the end of the game and basically said, Hey, look. I'm not a poor man's anybody. I'm not anybody's poor man. And then Fitzpatrick is like, whoa, and everything, oh, and the whole thing. Look, man, and I've thought about this because we do, in a sense, at least others would perceive it, talk shit for a living. We do. And I'm not trying to, quote, unquote, talk shit. I'm trying to stay, hold. I hold myself accountable to... The viewers. I hold myself accountable to each and every one of you that are going to come on to the Daily Hustle every single morning. You want the fucking truth. You want what I at least I perceive as the truth. Now, you might not agree with me, but if that's how I feel, that is what I'm going to reveal. That is the creation of No Filter Network. That is why we did this. To give a platform not only to professional broadcasters, but also to anybody who wants to come on here 
and create their own shows, become your own broadcaster. We're an open platform, folks. So if you want to come on here and you want to create content, this mic is for you, not this specific one, because this is pretty badass. This is mine. But you guys can come on and create your own shit. Now, remember this. Never make it personal. So long as we don't make it personal, I feel like that's what matters. Now, as this whole Angel Hernandez thing has blown up, and I mean, look, last night, what happened with Bryce Harper, in my opinion, was a fucking crime. You have a guy that is the face of baseball, probably numero uno. And he's in the third inning, grinding away in at bat, gets to a full count, check swings. It's not even close to going. They appeal down to Angel Hernandez at third base. Boom. Rings him up. Bryce didn't even look down. He knew he didn't have to. He was taken off his shin guard. He then reacts as anyone would. And he's like, are you fucking kidding? Like, there's no way. Angel immediately throws him out of the game. He goes down there. He, I imagine, just lets him have it. Comes back, takes his helmet, fires his helmet in the stands. A 10-year-old gets the helmet. Bryce then later signs a helmet and all is well in Philly land. But the problem with this whole thing is that Angel Hernandez, once again, was in the middle of controversy. And so oftentimes this is referred to as the ump show. Well, the issue is this. I don't know, with 40,000 people, 35, 40, 45,000 people in Philly last night. They didn't buy a ticket to watch their superstar get kicked out in the third inning. And they sure as shit didn't buy a ticket to watch Angel Hernandez fucking umpire. So when you have Angel Hernandez screw a call up like that in life, just in general, we're held accountable to our work. So as a Major League Baseball player, through the course of my 11 seasons, I was held accountable for my work on the field. If I wasn't getting hits and I wasn't making plays, I wasn't playing. It's that simple. And then at some point, I tore my hamstring. I broke my hand. And you know what? I wasn't playing as well as I was when I first got to the league. And at some point, guess what? It ends. Well, this isn't just Major League Baseball. This is life. When we are no longer performing at a high level, there is repercussions that happen in every single industry. The data is there. Angel Hernandez is statistically one of the very worst umpires in the history 
of Major League Baseball. We now have this information telling us this. Yet, he's not held accountable. There was a lawsuit, by the way, that was filed by Angel Hernandez and was thrown out of court. And he hasn't worked a World Series game since 2005. And the lawsuit stated that MLB was discriminating against him and that they're racist. Well, obviously, MLB's like, look, you're fucking crazy. Like, look at the performance. Like, we don't have to do anything else but show you performance on the field and you're not performing. I don't know if this is because of the umpires union or what the deal is. And I also don't know Angel Hernandez. And it's not fair for me to, you know, really reflect upon this too much because I don't know the person. I don't like the fact that he tried to play the race card and him not being able to umpire a world series. I, Seems like bullshit to me. Now, I just say that because, again, we have these statistics saying what calls are made, what calls are blowing, you know, whatever. Now, you could say, if you want to put them in the replay booth, I guess, look, after watching what I watched yesterday, I actually thought that maybe he's got severe ADHD. Where you umpire enough games and you're out there and you're at third base and you're thinking, man, this is going to be a night off. I don't know. I'm checking out the hot brunette in the fourth row. And all of a sudden you get a, you know, this is the angle. This would be the angle for that he had. You, you see this? And you're like, yeah, shit. I don't know. I, I saw his hands move a little bit. Yeah, fucking ring him. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is that umpires need to be held accountable the same way the fucking players are, the same way the coaches are, the same way management is. Why are they immune to all of this? The commissioner's not even immune. If baseball's not doing well, it fucking falls on his head. So we're all held accountable in this day and age for everything, yet the umpires aren't? That doesn't make any sense at all Bryce Harper actually went on and he had some poignant words uh for Hernandez he said it's just not right it's just the reaction of I should be on first base I'm grinding as hard as I can in the batter's box these games everyone talks about oh they don't mean much but they do for each stat each game, winning games, a winning mentality, everything. All these at-bats matter. We don't play this game forever. Well, that's a fucking quote of a champion right there. It is. Look, say what you want about Bryce Harper. Uh, he is and ha he has been since he's coming to the league one of my favorite players. He really is. And he knows what he's playing for. He's playing for championships. He's playing to put food on his family's table, which he doesn't have to play another game. He's already done that. But he's also playing for the fucking Hall of Fame. He's playing to be one of the best players in the history of baseball. That's how he wants to finish. And 
when you have an at-bat where you work a walk, especially if you get into that 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th pitch, and you get screwed because some guy has his finger up his fucking nose, that's not right, dude. It's just not right. Players are out there giving it their all each and every single game. We need that same attention from the umpires. And then the other thing about that, look, uh, we have got to be able to review something like that. The problem with the check swing is that there's no official, hey, if the barrel of the bat crosses this part of the plate, the rule actually states that if the batter attempts to swing at the ball. And so it's very subjective. Here we are in clarifying a lot of rules right now, right? Whether it's the pickoffs, whether it's the bullpen rules where you got to leave a guy in for a certain amount of batters. This is one that would be very easy to go to and say, hey, look, check swings are 100% reviewable. And if the barrel of the bat crosses the center of home plate, you're out. As simple as that. Or it's a strike. Why we haven't defined this is completely beyond me at this point. Okay, let's get into the Cubbies because they dropped another one last night. They're on the outside now looking in. Miami, this whole thing was a debacle, uh, what went on in New York. But the Cubs found themselves in a very difficult position. They ran into the Braves in Atlanta. They got swept. They didn't have a fucking chance. The Braves were still playing for home field. They hadn't cinched it up. We talked about the Acuna thing yesterday. Had a video that uh, went out to the interwebs about it. It's done really well. And uh, a lot of debate back and forth about whether or not Acuna should have had the montage in the history. Look, I, I got a lot of reaction from Atlanta fans, by the way. And I love Acuna. I really do. And I do think we should celebrate him. I tried to take the perspective of what the Cubs would have been thinking about. Now, if I was a fan at the game, especially if I was an Atlanta fan, do I want the video montage when he goes 40-70? Damn right I do. Yeah, give it to me. Give me more of it. I mean, we could do a whole freaking, you know, crowning ceremony of him becoming the first 40-70 player of all time. But I do think it's important that we look at all perspectives. And the Cubs are in this fight to make the postseason. And so now, after this loss last night, they're on the outside looking in. So they have... Three games more remaining. They're at Milwaukee. Milwaukee's already clinched everything. Now, this is interesting because if the Cubs do make the postseason, this series is then just going to be repeated. Well, they're a half game behind the Marlins. The Marlins did not finished their game last night, and that's a whole another story. Skip Schumacher was pissed. The Marlins were pissed. They took a lead on the Mets in the ninth, and 
Then the rain came. Then they thought they were going to have an opportunity to start the game again. They pulled the tarp. The rain just kept coming. The Browns crew was not able to get the field playable. So the Marlins will have to travel back to New York on Monday if that game needs to be played. But right now, they're a half game up on the Cubs. So Milwaukee is in a really interesting scenario here. They get to decide, in essence, or at least they can play it this way, who they want to play in the playoffs. Do they want Miami or do they want Chicago? Because if they want the Cubs... They can mail this one in. If they want Miami, well, they go ahead and full send this weekend. Players are not going to give away a fucking at-bat. I promise you that. There is no way. Like, you cannot ask a pitcher to go try to give it up or a player to go out there. But they could play it as if they're resting their starters and throwing these other guys in there. Now, it still doesn't mean the Cubs are going to fucking win. Not at all. So it would be really interesting to see how this thing plays out. It says the standings up there. The Cubs are 82 and 77. They sit just outside the third and final nationally wildcard spot. The Marlins are 82 and 76. They're a half game ahead of the Chicago. And here's the kicker. They own the tiebreaker between the two clubs. The Cubs are also two games behind Arizona. That's not happening. 84 and 75 for the second NL wild card. And Arizona owns a tiebreaker over the Cubs as well. In Atlanta, the Cubs saw the bar that they have to reach. To get where you want to go, that's where you have to get. There's no point in not realizing that. Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, said of the Braves, I like Jed. Right now, they are the best team. I don't think anyone would argue with that. And to beat them over the long haul, you've got to be better than that. And it's a good standard to have. After two years of rebuilding, the Cubs have a team of balance of youth with youth in October tested veterans. Together, they have pushed Chicago to the edge of the postseason race, which is a testament to itself to how far the club has come from early in the summer months. The fade down the stretch has been a reminder that this is still very much a work in progress. So, yeah, we'll see. It's the side Suzuki thing. They'll bring it up again. Uh, you're, they're going to go back and, and look at that game uh, over and over and over again. And the size Suzuki catch, but that one, that one hurt. It, it really did. Uh, they're talking about uh, Nico Horner made an errant flip to Swanson on Wednesday. So Tuesday was size Suzuki with the missed fly ball. Then it was a Nico Horner errant flip to Swanson in the finale gold glove left fielder. Ian Happ fumbled a sliding catch attempt, opening the door for two runs. And that's the thing when you play against really good teams. So I feel like I coach a really good team in our let them play squad. As soon as the other team gives us a second chance, I'm like, they're fucked. You just can't give us a second chance. So if there's, I don't know, bases loaded, two outs, pop up to the catcher, runs over the fence, clanks, and I'm like, he's done. They're done. I Like every little second chance like that, great teams – Take advantage of great opportunities. 
And every time something like that happens, whether it's a defensive miscue, whatever it is, uh, those great teams will take advantage of those great opportunities. The O's clinched their first division title since 2014. They win game number 100. Adam Frazier again stood in the back corner of the clubhouse passing out cigars. Every member of Baltimore's roster was already donning orange shirts, backwards hats, and green goggles as the music blared through the plastic-covered room. The Orioles knew how celebrations worked out, and this time the National League champagne bottles, and this time the champagne bottles had specialty labels, ones that read American League East Champions. I mean, who would have thought, right? AL East champs going into the season. I mean, you got to be thinking it's the Yankees. It's the Red Sox. It's the Rays. Well, sure as shit. The Baltimore fucking Orioles. Good on them. Frazier said pretty damn awesome. 11 days after securing a postseason birth for the first time in 2016, Baltimore accomplished his next goal on Thursday night for the 10th time in team history. And the first since 2014, the O's won the AL East title with a 2-0 victory over the Red Sox at Camden Yards. Look, Brandon Hyde is a Bay Area guy. A good, like he took this uh, reinvention project, really, on when I was still at MLB Network. And I he's got to have been there since about 2018, I feel like. But I'm looking at this going, damn, man. He's in a tough spot. Like, really kind of Mark Kotze-esque. And so to see... Mike Elias, the general manager, uh, do an awesome job putting this team together. Now, they are exciting. They are electric. Gunnar Henderson is a fucking stud, man. Dude's got like a six and a half war. He's going to be the rookie of the year in the American League. And you just surround him with all the talent that the Orioles have continued to produce year in and year out. That's the benefit of being a shitty team as you get these high draft picks. So you have guys like Adley Rutschman uh, leading the charge, but they have three more games remaining. They're 159. They clinch ALEs. They have the number one seed in the American League. They're going to receive a bye. Uh, best of the wildcard series and advance directly to the best of five division series, which will begin October 7th at Camden Yards. That might be a fun one to go to. Baltimore's going to play the winner of the wildcard series between Tampa and the number five seed, Texas, Houston, or Seattle. So that gets us to, let's see here, the Mariners. Because I watched this one live last night. The Mariners loaded the bases with no outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. They bring in, Texas brings in, you know, their reliever. And he gets a pop-up. Maybe it was a strikeout. I don't remember. But now there were two outs. Bases juiced. J.P. Crawford at the dish. He goes, oppo two-run double ball game. Mariners fucking season still alive. So cool. Look. I don't, I, I don't want to say I don't have a horse in this race. I'm rooting for Bruce Bochy. I just, is 
I never played for Boach. I don't even have his number. Not my long, long, well, I take that back. Every time I see him, I feel like it's my long, long best friend. I just really like him. And I spent that time with him last year at Will Clark's retirement ceremony. I knew the guy still had it in him to manage. You could tell there was still something there. He had this youthful exuberance. You could also sense that he had been refreshed and relieved and whether I don't know if there was animosity when he left the Giants or not, but total forgiveness, like no big deal. And an awesome man, an awesome manager. And I'm really rooting for him. So the Mariners uh, had to stay alive. They had to win that game to stay alive. And they're only within like three of the Rangers. The Rangers, I got to believe, have, let's see here. They, they're three up. So, as far as Seattle's concerned, here's their playoff scenario. They have three more against Texas. So, that was the first of four. They're 86 and 73. They've now pulled within three games of the Rangers. They also pulled within one game of the second place Houston Astros, who are 87 and 72. So, that's their ticket. Which the, the Astros hold a third and final you know, wild card spot, and they were idle on Thursday. Toronto is 88 and 71. They won their game against the Yankees. Chris Bassett was unbelievable. So they're one game up on Houston for that second spot. The Mariners are the first team on the outside looking in. As far as the tiebreakers are concerned, they win the tiebreaker against Houston. The Mariners are 9-4 against Houston, but they're 2-8 and eight against Texas. They do not match up well against the Rangers. And they very easily could have lost that game again last night and then against toronto if it comes to that uh they're three and three against them the tiebreaker is based on the interdivision record okay so anyhow just a huge victory last night for the seattle mariners and moving on here let's just take a final look at the playoff picture before getting into some college football and the nfl as well so we go to the standings as they're kind of tripping out on me right here you got the orioles the rays well the rays are done there so let's let's just hit the wild card one you got the orioles the rangers and the twins are all on top of their division then you have the rays blue jays and astros are in mariners one game on the outside looking. And then you have the Braves, Dodgers, and Brewers all set. And then you have Phillies, Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks have not clinched their final postseason berth yet. But you have the Cubs a half game back of the Marlins. So here are the series for this weekend. It's the Cubs at the Brewers. Again, the Brewers get to decide how they want to play that one. You have the Marlins at Pittsburgh. Don't sleep on Pittsburgh. They've actually had a really nice year. They're 75 and 84. So those are not just three wins for the fish. They're going to have to fight for them. And then for the, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're at home playing a Houston team that's still jockeying for position. I imagine they would like to get into that 
second wild card spot instead of being the third. And then it's Texas in Seattle. And that was the start of the four-game series there last night. The Toronto Blue Jays are at home taking on the Rays. So a lot of implications going down this weekend. It'll be fun to watch. As far as college football is concerned, today you got Louisville at NC State, Columbia at Princeton. Princeton seven and a half point favorites, by the way, in case you're curious. UTEP taking on Louisiana Tech. They're at home. They're getting one. Cincinnati plays BYU. That is a pick'em uh, in Provo. But the big game tonight is going to be number 19, Oregon State, at home against Utah. They're minus four. Holy shit, man. Uh, Utah's good. I'm kind of shocked at this line. Oregon State, are they that good? I mean, that's the question. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen a, enough of Oregon State. I mean, they're good enough to be number 19 in the country. So that's going to be a battle in Corvallis tonight at 6 p.m. Tomorrow, you have, oh, man, a full slate. One of the big games that I was looking at is Clemson at Syracuse. Now, Clemson's 2-2. Two and two. Syracuse is 4-0. Syracuse has played Clemson tight the past two years. Both under, I think one was a three-point win. The other one might have been a six-point win. But Syracuse at home in the Carrier Dome, getting six and a half here. I've seen it as high as seven. Look out for that one. I like the Orangemen. Now, Clemson, you got to assume, is just going to have better athletes. I mean, this is a perennial national you know, powerhouse. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Syracuse win that game outright. USC taking on Colorado. The Trojans go to take on Dion and company in Boulder. Colorado for the second straight week. Huge fucking underdogs. 21 and a half point underdogs. USC has dismantled everybody that they've played this season i believe last week was 45 28 over arizona state on the road that's the closest game that they've had but i gotta believe that colorado after that beatdown they took last week in oregon is going to respond nicely now do they cover the 21 yeah i i think they do do they win the game? Yeah, that's going to be tough. Look, 21-point underdogs don't win fucking games. They just don't. It's so rare. And they've already done it once against TCU. So to ask them to do it again against SC doesn't make a ton of sense. Arizona State travels at Cal. Cal's minus 12 and a half. Just picking out some of my favorite games uh, here over the, the weekend. Georgia, the number one ranked team in the land, 4-0 is traveling to Auburn, and Auburn's getting 14 and a half in that one. Jeez. Number two, Michigan uh, travels to Nebraska. 
Michigan's got to lay 17 points to the Cornhuskers. You have number three, Texas, at home against Kansas. They are laying 16 and a half. So definitely some big games on Saturday and then on Sunday. The NFL action, the game of the day, the No Filter Network Bowl. The Dolphins take on the Bills. The Bills are minus two and a half at home, which is essentially saying that the teams are even. That's what Vegas is telling us. A minus three at home, it, home field advantage for Vegas is a six-point swing. So if the Bills were actually playing the Dolphins on the road, three and a half would be the number there if you shifted it six points. I'd uh, be an aggressive line there. But the Bills at home laying two and a half, yeah, I'll take it. I get it. Dolphins are good. Really fucking good. I don't think they face a defense like the Buffalo Bills yet. So, uh, in other action, you got the Falcons at the Jags. Jags minus three. Ravens at the Browns. The Browns minus one. That's going to be a good game. Commanders are at the Eagles. The Eagles are minus nine. They should boat race them. Commanders were exposed last week. You have... Uh, the Cardinals at the 49ers. 49ers laying 14. Holy shit. That's a lot of points. Steelers at the Texans. It is the Texans plus two and a half. They had a big win last week. Bengals at the Titans. Titans are plus two and a half. You have the Chiefs at the Jets. The Jets are plus nine. The Jets are dog shit. I, I, I think you're like one lucky victory. Defense played well against the Bills. Josh Allen was off. Congratulations. I'm pretty sure it's all downhill from there. Vikings at the Panthers. Panthers plus four. Colts are at home against the Rams and a pick them. The Raiders are at the Chargers. Chargers minus five. I don't know, man. It's just tough to trust the Chargers at all. The Broncos are at the Bears. The Bears are plus three and a half. That is a battle of two 0-3 teams who have just been fucking terrible. Wow. That's a 10 a.m. game. I mean, uh, see how many people show up to Soldier Field for that one. Buccaneers are at the Saints. Saints minus three and a half. And then you have the Pats at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus six and a half. Got to believe Bill Belichick will have the boys ready to play. He usually does. Cowboys coming off that real bad beat to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think that's about it. Running out of time here. So just really looking forward to the weekend of sports. By the way, it is right there because I have the viewer thing. Hit the QR code if you uh, want to pick yourself up some KT tape. That's right. Proud title sponsor of the show. We got the uh, wipes. You got the chase safe. Keep that package nice and neat. And then, of course, the pro oxygen tape, which is, Right here, a little blister prevention. Uh, click on that link and support the program. Let's get out of here with a little James Allen. Visions and ideals. The dreamers, you know what? I think I just did this one the other day. Let's hit one earlier. Effect of thought and circumstance. Here we go. A man's mind may be likened to a garden 
which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild, but whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useless weed seeds will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. Kind of how we started the show. Think good thoughts. Got great thoughts on a positive weekend for each and every one of us gamblers. Good luck this weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys Monday morning. That's it. Do us a favor. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can. If you're feeling generous, hit the five stars. That's it. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. See ya!